Get to Old Navy right now. All jeans are on sale up to 50% off. From just 15 bucks for adults, 10 bucks for kids. Try on a pair in store and save even more. With 5 bucks off your purchase of $50 or more during Old Navy's Great Denim Try-On-A-Thon. Hurry in now to find your perfect fit and save big with up to 50% off all jeans. Now at Old Navy. Valid 812 to 821. Excludes in-store clearance, gift cards, register lane items, and jewelry. $5 discount valid with jeans purchase. Hey, you amazing patrons, it's X, and I'm here with Kyle and with Brian West from the Geek Dad Report. Welcome, sir. Uh, if you guys are sure. hearing this sometime in January, welcome, welcome. Uh, but if you're hearing this in sometime in July, you're a fucking freeloader. No, I'm just kidding. I love you guys. Uh, thanks for listening. Uh, what we're going to talk about here... Oh, let me get the, the business out of the way. This is the special content we provide to the folks who are generous enough to share at least a dollar a month with us. And if, uh, if you feel like doing so, go to utahoutcast.com. Nope, that's the wrong email. That's the wrong fucking URL. It's patreon.com slash Utah Outcasts. And I'm not going to edit this out in post because I'm lazy as shit and it's a buck a month. Come on. What would you do for a buck a month? Hmm? I don't want to answer that. Yeah, exactly. I've I've done worse. (laughs) Yes, I've I've done many shameful things for a dollar before. Probably done worse. You remember watching trading, uh, Trading Places and the the whole bet between the two rich assholes was just one dollar. <laughs> Man, the last episode of uh, the Geek Dad Report is called "Giving Hand Jobs in the Back of a Van." <laughs> yeah, I listened to the whole thing today too. I was like, "Man, they're just going for it this episode, aren't they?" <laughs> so, anyway, welcome to the Patron Show. Uh, what we were talking about in the uncut stuff that you should uh, check out supporting if you're if you're interested in doing so because you get a lot more for your money. We were talking about Dan Harmon and his. Uh, public very fucking public on his harmontown podcast mea culpa over uh sexualist not what the sexual assault was it it was just a inappropriate harassment yeah harassment and well i guess he was being abusive because he was using his position of power to make that lady's life predatory predatory behavior yeah it was it was well and he was coming down hard harder on her after she said no so yeah that's that's pretty much abuse right there so Mm, yeah no it makes sense And, and it was uh we were talking before it was uh, Megan. Oh shit! I'm gonna kill her last name. Gantz. G a n t z. G a n z. No, probably. Oh, wasn't she? She Gans was a writer Gans? in the writer room, right? For community. for uh, uh yeah, community. Yeah. yeah, because I remember the the whole storm brewing where like Dan Harmon just had to leave, and I'm like, wait, yeah. it's his. Sh- why mm-hmm. is he? No, this show's gonna suck now. <laughs> <laughs> And sure enough, it did suck after that. But uh, I mean, there's there's reason behind it. Now we know all the reasoning behind it. But uh, mm-hmm. pretty much I, I wanted to use this as a vehicle to talk about how how look, it's not fucking hard to avoid this kind of behavior. It's not hard at all. No. And uh, far be it for from three, you know, obviously very white, you know, somewhat overweight. Uh, Brian's in fucking pinnacle of man health right over there. Um, <laughs> yeah, but Kyle and I, according to our YouTube haters, thinks that we're some sort of meathead obese men that have no kind of IQ going on. Which well, I find YouTube you. very sexy. Both don't want you guys to know that. Hey, that makes three people. So awesome. <laughs> Kids don't count, Kyle. Damn it! <laughs> oh. no, I'm just, sorry, terrible joke. Terrible joke. Uh, so anyway, we're just trying to say is that um, beyond, I don't think I've ever had, and I'm trying to go through my life and think about weird shit I might have done with the opposite sex or, yeah, I kind of fell in love with the girl that had absolutely no feelings for me 
and I, you know, tried to do the nice guy thing, shower her with presents, you know, get her things, anything she asked for. And if I had someone offering to do the same shit for me, I would probably be taking the person up on that as well. You know, like, hey, oh, you're going to buy me lunch. Great. Thank you. <laughs> but I never I never got to the creepy part. Of like, Fucking bitch. Never went to that level where I'm just. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think in my well, for me, I think the closest there, you know, the only time I ever can think of anything in that, like, it's not even that level, but that was inappropriate that made me realize, like, hey, you can't act like this. I think I was 16. I was in 10th or 11th grade. There was a girl I liked, and we were always kind of flirty. And she went to, we were in gym class, and she went to shoot a basketball, and I was behind her. And when she went to shoot, I gave her a little slap on the butt, right? Mm. Obviously not appropriate. How dare you? Um, yeah, exactly. I mean, it, you know, in, in the grand scheme of things, it's, it's it's very low on the uh, <laughs> on the predatory scale, but it is inappropriate. She did not ask for it. We did not have that type of relationship. Um, for me, it was like, hey, I'm kind of putting it out there that I like you a little bit in a way that's inappropriate. And her response was perfect. She turned around and slapped me. <laughs> and I immediately knew at that moment, okay, you know what? What I did was crossing the line. I cannot do that anymore. That she mm-hmm. felt she felt that this was inappropriate. Therefore, it made me rethink my actions and realize yeah, you know, maybe should I have realized that that was inappropriate before? Yeah, sure, definitely. But at the same time, she didn't reinforce it. Nobody else reinforced it. She turned around, gave me a, an appropriate response, and I was like, you know, and it made me immediately go, hey, I'm sorry. I shouldn't have done that, right? And, you know, from that moment on, it's like, hey, there are boundaries. And you. it, it really made me think. And, and maybe a 16-year-old kid should think before he did that and say this is inappropriate. But sometimes you just don't. Sometimes those lines haven't been, you know, I didn't date a lot in high school and, and sometimes these lines, ha- lines hadn't been drawn yet. And, you know, for me, that was a, what was that line? It was drawn. She reinforced it and it really made me think to myself, okay, you know what? There are some things that are appropriate without, without her permission, it's not appropriate. And from that day on, you know, I've tried to try to live my life with permission. <laughs> well, I have lived my life with permission needed. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's what it, and that's really a lot what it comes down to is, a good portion of of these things begin begin like they they begin like that mm-hmm. but it's usually uh when when it's behavior that continues for you for years or, or through a lifetime it's yeah. because it it was not called out yeah a, a lot a lot of times or because when it is called out it's shrugged off like ah you were 16 yeah. <laughs> ah you were just well, like, I, I don't, I wouldn't expect someone to demonize me now. Like, come back, I'm 38 years, you know, well, 39 years old. Somebody coming to me and say, oh, you're a monster. Well, no, I was a 16-year-old kid. At the time, I honestly didn't know any better, but I learned. And, and, and you know, somebody somebody explained to me in, in a slightly violent way, but it was, you know, it was needed how to act. And because yeah. of that, you know, I, I've, I learned something. And But at the same time, I shouldn't be demonized now for it, right? Because... Yes, I was a 16-year-old kid. You have to give some slack to that. Now, to your point, there are some things that are inexcusable, obviously. Um, yeah. And you should know better. But yeah. honestly, after that, my, some of it comes from my Christian background uh, and the way that they taught us about women and what to, you know, where women ranked in yeah. the role of <laughs> men and women. Yeah, it's funny how that plays into it quite and, a bit. And, and, and you know what? If you're sitting at home listening to this, you go, come on. 16 is the first time you realize you shouldn't smack a girl on the butt. Honest to God, um, that was the first time I had someone tell me that that was wrong. Now, granted, it's the first time I went and smacked a girl I liked on the butt. Yeah. But um, those are, yeah, those are, the, those are the kind of things that people say uh, who either haven't realized this stuff yet 
mm-hmm. haven't been in that position themselves yeah. or still think that way. Yeah. Now, there's a big difference between being a 16-year-old kid and yeah. on the butt and being a 38-year-old dude waving his dick at people. <laughs> um, <laughs> Coming out wearing your silk God, kimono. fuck. Who are you, <laughs> Steven Seagal? Steven Seagal, you are a bad person. <laughs> Very bad person. And your movies suck. Now, I just want to ask the the lady folk, or you know, the male folk that like that like that sort of accessory on on the people that would they wish to bed with. You know, would that work for you? Would that? I mean, that would that that is like assuming a lot. And we're talking about Steven Seagal coming out when he was supposed to. I'm, I'm sidelining the discussion here only because I want to right. know. I want to know from our audience out there, especially the patrons. Like, if you went over to somebody's house or you went to some kind of mutual place where you're going to be talking about work-related issues if somebody came out and like they had full gear just hanging out like say if say my my attractiveness right is is towards effeminate things so it's like if a girl came out and she was like bottomless i would be like what the hell's going on i wouldn't think like oh yeah party time you know this is still (laughs) assuming that i didn't have a ring on my finger and i you know was in was in the mood for this kind of thing which I'm game most of the time. I mean, I, I joke all the time about my juggaloness and how I have a scale of go versus no go when it comes to snoo snoo. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, and it, it takes a lot for it to be no go, you know? Yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway, fuck it. I'm just getting on. That, would that work for any one of you people out there? Like, say you go to Steven Seagal's house and he just walks out and his wang's just hanging out. And I'm calling it wang because it deserves to be laughed at here. Uh, just <laughs> hanging out. And this was like the 1980s. So he probably didn't manscape at all. So it was just like, do you think he, do you think he dyes his pubes? Like he dyes his hair, the Grecian formula and his ball. Just hair, super, yeah. super black. Probably. Looks like you take a Sharpie to it. Uh, <laughs> probably it's got a, it's got a triangle outline around it. Oh God. Sometimes <laughs> I feel terrible for women. I really do. <laughs> I just, you poor ladies. I, you I don't, I don't see how the te- the gear and tackle that I have is attractive to somebody else. I just died. I... Come on, man! A penis is never really attractive. I, maybe you know what? I'm not. I'm not. I'm not into guys, so I can't. You know, maybe if I was, I'd find it more attractive. But it's just not. I mean, it's great what it does. It's cool. Let you write your name in the in the in the snow, but it, it's not like no one ever looks at that thing dangling there and says, "Yeah, that's an attractive. That's an attractive." Uh, and so <laughs> interesting thing enough is that if you look at the the gay community and how people like on grinder use a dick as their profile picture it's like really like does that know. honestly work and so i guess probably, maybe it does I'm maybe probably, it does but i'm probably gonna get lit up by the gay community they're like it is attractive we love penis it's beautiful <laughs> hey more power to you hey, well, what, and I th- what, what you find attractive is that's yeah, that's, that's, that's up to you. you well and you're filling in for felicia tonight so mm-hmm. i mean she would talk about you know penises are neat and then she'd be like, yeah. but those balls, they're just kind of there. <laughs> listen, all I can say is my wife says, listen, I, I love your penis, but it's not attractive. <laughs> all right. Fair enough. I, d- I just don't want to see it. Okay. Yeah. I don't want it as my screensaver on my phone. So quit doing that. My bad. <laughs> try, you try and do something nice for somebody. Mm-hmm. See, we we're talking about sexual assault. And there you go. Doing it to your own wife there. <laughs> God. So I guess what we're trying to say is that, like, look, we all have stuff that we're not proud of in our past. And I I think that people of both genders would have things that it's more going to be guys because we have the power. I mean, unfortunately, that's that's the patriarchal system that we live in in this country is that we kind of tend to, you know, wag it in your face a little bit too much sometimes. And and we may. What am I trying to say here? Is that. 
for the most part, it's going to be the guy being the aggressor in a lot of these things. Uh, there are inappropriate females or inappropriate, you know, things done between, you know, same sex kind of stuff, but it's not that prevalent. It's not that big of a thing. It's usually straight guys going after straight women or gay women and doing shit that's completely inappropriate. And yeah. it's not hard to avoid this stuff. And I mean, we're talking like the big stuff, like don't rape. I mean, it's it's sad to me that we're at this time in our lives in 2017 where we have to bring up children saying, don't rape these people. That is not okay. It's like, I'm glad. And maybe it's something that should have been taught a long fucking time ago. And I agree with that because maybe we wouldn't have as much of it around right now. But it's just... Well, and I, I need to go back to kind of what I was saying about the way I was raised is, unfortunately, religion plays a huge role in this. So yeah. many, so many religions put a, a, elevate a male over a female and treat a female that her place is to please a male. And are and the males are taught that a female's place is to you know to please them, and unfortunately that creates now it doesn't it doesn't give any excuse to people who become predators as they become older. I don't care if you your religion says it or not. At at certain point in your life, you know what's right, you know what's not. And but that being said, you know it it, it stops at least in my family, my you know growing up in a Christian family is that it stopped us from having those conversations at, at a young age. You know I don't have boys, yeah. I have daughters. And of course, I'm going to be talking to my daughters from day one, like, hey, and I already am. This is appropriate. This isn't appropriate. Um, but if I had boys, I would be having the same conversation. You know, you got to treat women, you know, girls with respect. If you like a girl, go talk to her. Say you, you know, let her know how you feel. Don't go up and grab her butt or pull <laughs> her hair, or, you know, or spit in her face or <laughs> try and be mean, you know. Don't try and be more power. Don't try and show how powerful you are yeah. to make her like you. I've, um, I've shown my girls how to, use a, how to use a butterfly knife already. <laughs> You know, that's, I, a, that's a good place to start. Yeah, and I, and I, I just think that growing up, I mean, I don't know you guys, your guys' experience, but I know in our generation, I, I don't think a lot of those conversations were being had. No, now it's no. not an excuse, but right. I think that's where some of this is coming from. Right. However, and then, well, we ahead. there's a, there's also another there's also another side of it because a lot of the conversations, um, a lot of the conversations that I remember, uh, centered around the old hate. If you wouldn't want somebody to do that to you, don't do that to them. But that doesn't always work. Well, yeah. I no. mean, it really doesn't always work. There's a guy who may want somebody to come up and slap me in the butt. Yeah, yeah. Well, there's... My, my, <laughs> Things my... work a little differently for different people. <laughs> That's just the way it is. Yeah. My, my so... uh, growing up was a very... I, I wouldn't say... Th I mean... All families are loving to in their own kind of way, but mine was more authoritarian. Like dad was the central figure of the house. Mom was second in charge. And when he wasn't around, she was in charge. You know, that's how it is with a lot of families. It's opposite in mine. My wife is like the, the head, you know, don't give, don't give anybody shit kind of thing. Like if you piss off mom, then shit's going to come down on you. But I was in a house where you like stepped out of line. You were immediately corrected and corrected hard, you know, because and and growing up as a military kid, if you fucked up, it didn't just reflect on you and like your victim or anything like that. Mm -hmm. It reflected on your dad, you know, and in the military that can keep you from getting promotions. That can keep you from getting certain jobs. Like if your kid fucks up, they put marks on the, on the fucking, like the, the sergeant's record, you know, of what's been happening in that family. My brother wrapped the fucking truck around a telephone pole and it went on my dad's record, you know, because it happened on base. It's just, it's fucked up that, that kind of thing happens so from a very very early age i was uh mm -hmm. taught you know southern gentleman way of being you know like yes sir no sir yes ma'am no ma'am you know complete you know 
gentlemanly rules and it's fucked me up to the point where like i still will hold doors for people like even though they're like obscene distances away (laughs) (laughs) and it's like i'm not trying to be patronizing but i just it's been ingrained in me for so long that i feel like i'm gonna get a fucking belt in my ass with the if i don't do it right and it's just yeah i was i was programmed from an early age about being super respectful so when it comes to like the things happening with other women it's like verbally i could be i was an asshole to a lot of women uh not a lot of women i should probably say like two i mean to me that's a lot because i married the only the second person i ever you know got bedded you know so it's not like i was never the player or anything like that i was never and neither was i man I, family. I, I wasn't even allowed to have relationships. I didn't start dating <laughs> until I was <laughs> 17, I think. Oh, yeah. Same here. I mean, I just, I I was too busy playing video games and watching anime. <laughs> I, <don't... laughs> uh, I mean, I, I probably, I had a girl over my house one time where she's like, can I come over? And I'm like, great. Yeah, come over. I'm just going to be playing Mario 64. And I look back at it now and I'm like, fuck, I missed an opportunity. She didn't come over to play video games with me. Yeah. Well, I think the other thing that's kind of cool, too, is sometimes there is that social awkwardness, right? You know, guys, yeah. you know, little known fact, everybody thinks that guys are from a young age, like, yo, I'm going to go date all these girls. A lot of guys are very, no. very shy. You know, I know I was shy going, growing yeah. up through school. And, you know, the thing I like now, it seems like girls are now, not, I wouldn't say aggressive, but much more vocal. Like, they let you know how they expect to be treated, right? Yeah. And I think Thank that's goodness also for that. good. Yeah. I think it, I think more and more ladies, as they step up and you know set the rules of engagement, honestly, with guys, I think it's going to play better. I mean, I, I know as a guy, I just like to know, hey, what, what, where, where are my parameters, and I'll work within that box, right? Yeah. Because I think for parameters us. are 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 uh, important. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They're. <laughs> Just a they're, little bit. They're, they're bigly, bigly important. Bigly important. Well, when I when I first started uh, dating my current my current wife, not like I'm going to have a future or a past wife or anything like that. It's just that my wife, <laughs> uh, when when we were first like first started dating, I asked her if I, if she if I could kiss her kind of thing. That's how like ingrained the whole don't do anything unless you've been invited to do it kind of thing. And I still think about her laughing in my face. <laughs> Why are you asking? I'm like. Because and I didn't I didn't know what it was back then. Nobody taught me the whole consent thing when I was younger. <laughs> and that's something that people need to have me have more conversations about. So I'm I'm thankful that I'm doing that with my daughters about, you know, what is consent, you know. Well, and that's you know, and I'm I'm very happy for this whole Me Too movement, obviously. So this stuff yeah. needs to be out there, you know, especially and it just, just doesn't apply to Hollywood. There's a lot of predators and, and and I think if the most important thing that comes out of this whole thing is that women feel empowered that when something wrong has happened, they can they can they feel like they can come out and say it, right? You know, I've heard people say, like, you know, a lot of conservative places are saying, like, oh, you know, you can't believe these ladies. They they happened 15 years ago. Why didn't they say anything? Well, uh, one of Roy Moore's accusers got her house burned down. So, yeah, no shit. you know, it, it is not easy a lot of times for people to come out, you know, women or even men at this point, you know, if, if you've no, been the victim of abuse, it is a very hard thing to come out publicly, especially with these cases, and say, that person did something to me, right? But um i lost my train of thought <laughs> but, <laughs> that's okay it uh, happens <laughs> yeah but you know i, I the thing with the, with the me too and i'm very happy if, if the whole thing if it does one thing i want to be able to people feel free to know that if something happens i i can i can say something right i'm not going to lose my job because this asshole director tried to make me blow him right 
I can come out and I and I can I can say these things. And and that that's very important because it keeps people from, you know, they predators tend to operate in secret, right? If if they're exposed, they don't they don't tend to operate as well. So the more that people can shed light on things, I think I don't know necessarily it's gonna say the less, but the less you're gonna see people in power be able to take advantage of people and consistently take advantage of people. You know, hopefully some of these serial predators will just go away, you know, and and, and won't happen. But um, you know, the one thing that I, I also, the, my only concern with what's going on now too, is I feel like there's getting to a point where people can't talk about it, right? I, I don't want it to get to a point where everybody just accuses people and then the accuser immediately becomes a sexual predator and can never show his face again before he has a chance to say, you know, his, his piece, which bringing it back to what we were talking about with Harmon, yeah. that was really great to see those two have a conversation and come to a resolution, right? However, for, for me, it's like when somebody comes forward with the, the accusation, uh, it's very unlikely that it's a false accusation. Very oh, no. unlikely. So, so we don't want people to think that we're, we're trying to say that. We're just trying to say no, no, that. No, no. That's not what I'm saying at all. I just, no, no, no. I, I just don't want the, there was, I don't want there to be any confusion there. That's not what you're saying. So what, what, I, what I'm trying to get, get across is that when people make these accusations, they're more than likely going to be correct according to their uh, remembrance of that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. However, thankfully, people like Dan Harmon are the kind where they're going to come forward and be like, yeah, I fucked up. And it took him a number of years to do so. Mm-hmm. But there are a lot of people that are not like, uh, like agreeing yeah. to this kind of thing, like Bill Cosby. Yeah. You know, you, well, he, and, and- if he's beyond the, you know, the statute of limitations when he could be a, a, like sued, for, I mean, you could probably have it come across civil, civil court a, a, as many times as you need to until you get your money. But the criminal part of it is gone. So it's like, why wouldn't you just say, yeah, I, f- I fucked up. You know, why wouldn't, why wouldn't you come in? Why, I don't know why people, when they're convicted, not convicted, but when they are called out on their shit, that they don't just go, yeah, that was kind of fucked up, you know, or, or hey, yeah. I did fuck up. You know, nobody and wants, that, it, it well, makes you feel a lot better to get around that kind of thing instead yeah. of just lying about it constantly. Yeah, well, it does. And, I, I know, think, I think more. It, we're going to see more things like what happened with, uh, with, with, with Dan Harmon, uh, where more people own up to it. More people acknowledge, yeah, I did something wrong at the time. I didn't even realize I was doing something wrong, but mm-hmm. I do now. And I think that's a big part of it. A lot of, a lot of these people are still stuck in that ment- still stuck in that state of mind. I didn't do anything wrong then. So why should I admit it? Or I didn't yeah. think I did anything wrong then, so I'm not going to own up to doing anything wrong. Mm-hmm. Even if they know better now, they still have that mindset because they're not they're not looking back at a past event uh, from their current frame of mind. They're remembering the event and how they were thinking and how they were feeling at that time. And can we also get a giant fuck you to the people that enable these kind of people? Oh, yeah. Like, oh yeah. When I heard about uh, George H.W. Bush that was uh, groping people because he's an old, dirty-ass, lecherous man in a wheelchair, <laughs> and they're like, oh, he's 90-something, oh, he's old, oh, he's this. Nope. You don't get a fucking oh, pass. Get a you don't get a pass. You don't, you don't get a pass. <laughs> Dude, the one, that, the one that breaks my heart this week oh. is Stan Lee. <laughs> and, you know, I, obviously, now there's, there's definitely there's two different sides coming out of this, and hopefully this will mm-hmm. play out, and we'll see it before everyone you know, jumps to, jumps to judgment, but 
I mean, yeah, born, in, know, born it, in 1890, Stan Lee, you know? <laughs> yeah, apparently, well, apparently it's, it's, he was goosing some nurses and pulling out his penis. Oh, what is up with the pull out the penis move? I just That doesn't work. It, I, it, it never no, works. I don't know why. But then that, he's got another nursing that, place that takes care of him that says he's been nothing but a gentleman. I, oh, God. But, you know, and honestly, and, and back to Harmon, you know, and the thing is, is, mm-hmm. you know, we don't want to. He wasn't. He's not a hero because he owned up to it. Right. No. He did the right thing because he owned up to it. And and that's and I guess back what I was saying is, and you know, I, I want people to feel free. I guess I just what I'm saying is I just want people to continue the conversation. Mm-hmm. I don't want it to get to where just everyone's screaming at people. You know, I get there's a lot of anger. And, and I think that's what we're seeing a lot of why mm-hmm. there's so many people that just want to yell. And I, I get right. it. They haven't been heard. And now they are being heard. I just hope mm-hmm. we can get to a place where we can conversate. We can have conversations about this. And not necessarily get past it because there's no getting past some of this. These things, when when you're a victim of of, of abuse, it's with you forever. It stays and, with you, yeah. And, you, and yeah. you're never going to get over I mean, it. But if, yeah, and de- depending on depending on what happened and and how how the I don't necessarily want to call everybody a victim. Yeah, because that's that's kind of a personal decision. You get to you believe it or not, you get to kind of choose whether or not you live your life as a victim. Or mm-hmm. not? Yeah, definitely. Uh, which is which is kind of weird to think about, but it's completely true. Uh, and I and I hope what happened with Dan Harmon uh, serves as a, a good example to to show people when they complain about accusations ruining people's careers. Yeah. I mean, yeah, if the accusation it, <laughs> if the accusation is egregious enough, yeah, of course it's going to. But things like this, where it was, you know where it was a- aggressive sexual harassment mm-hmm. and, you know, borderline, you know, verbal assault, mm-hmm. whatever, however you want to qualify it. If you own up to it, if you admit a mistake, if you own it, you can move past it. And you know what it's going to do to your career? Not really going to hurt it. You'll be fine. Yeah, because if you would if you would have just, you know, denied, 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 you know, didn't yeah. come out in front of this kind of thing. I'd have to stop watching the Dan Harmon stuff that oh, I really yeah, enjoy. Absolutely agree. Yeah, it would have hurt. It would have hurt his career. Well, and I think I think having this conversation with with a little bit of of closure to these separate situations, yeah. I think yeah. as a country, it helps us not only move on but get better. Right where mm-hmm. now we have this dialogue and we can understand. Because my my one fear is that if people, if we. You know, everybody needs to keep coming out. And if you've mm-hmm. been the victim of assault, you should not be silenced because of whoever, right? You keep saying, even if they deny it, you, you come out and say it. I just want to see more conversations like this Harmon conversation because people tend to tune, tune it out after a while, right? If, if yeah. every week we have this person's bad, this person's bad, denial, 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 and, and we don't have a national conversation about mm-hmm. how to move forward, eventually people just say, well, you know what? These chicks are just crazy. And then, you know, they just want attention, which is, which is wrong and not true. But that's what people will do. And we've seen yeah. it in this country before, and we know that's what's going to happen. And so I just hope that they can take this, this Me Too movement and move it into a place of, you know, keep, keep the accusations coming. If someone needs to be mm-hmm. revealed, they need to be revealed. But also start moving towards, you know, not resolution, but understanding and how we can not do this going forward, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's nice if there's a situation that can be resolved through dialogue, through, uh, you know, accusation, acceptance and apology mm. and forgiveness, that's, that's a good model. That's, yeah. that's should be our ultimate goal here. 
not the just annexation and exile of pe- of everybody who's accused. Yeah. Well, you don't want to be Kevin Spacey? Be like, well, I guess I'm gay. See you later. <laughs> hey, yeah. Oh, ah, fuck I'm you, still Spacey. mad about that. That was the worst <laughs> Using your coming out. I've ever seen in my life. Using your coming out to excuse your pedophilia. Fuck well, you, it wasn't man. Even, it, like, it wasn't even a good coming out. It was, uh, I'm a gay man. Yeah, everybody fucking knows. <laughs> Doesn't but, uh, excuse it. I just Lots hate the fact that don't he abuse just, for, to try and get fourteen year old yeah. boys. He just lobbed the biggest softball towards the religious right because yeah. they <laughs> love they love conflating homosexuality with pedophilia. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh man, we've gone on for almost thirty minutes on this. So yeah. hopefully you guys enjoyed that. It, if you guys, if worry, anybody is longer. Yeah, we really could. If anybody's really interested, go look up the the Harmontown episode. You could find just type yeah. a, type in Dan Harmon like. Harmontown and just abuse or something like that. And it, you mm-hmm. should be able to find it somewhat easily. I'd like to say I'd put it in the show notes, but I'm probably not going to get around to it because, you know, it, it I'm just not going to whip it out and just be right there for you all to enjoy. It's just not going to well, work. If you're going to whip it works. out, because you're wearing a, a silk kimono. Only if you're wearing a kimono. That's that's the how only pre- that's how- the only acceptable. God I have it. I have zero zero silk uh, pieces of clothing. Zero. Well, it's because it makes like shitty clothing. <laughs> is there a, is there a least like surprising sexual predator than Stephen Call? <laughs> yeah, to be honest, I was not surprised about no, that because I, I really. swear that I heard it a couple of months ago too. <laughs> no. no shit. So thanks for listening, uh, patrons. We'll catch you next week with another one. See ya.